Hey, I'm Maria. I work at a labor union by day and write and watch too much TV by night. I like to say I've been firmly in the CW's clutches since it was a WB. As the great Seth Cohen on the OC once said about the fictional teen drama, The Valley, TV teen dramas are mind-numbing escapism. They exist in a fantasy world where 20-something hot actors are usually cosplaying high schoolers in melodramatic depictions of adolescents. But that's honestly why I love teen dramas so much. I love the tropes and the ships and the not-at-all-subtle product placement. I love the early aughts theme songs and the cameo performances by pop-punk bands. I love the newer generation of shows that are more diverse and representative of the vastness of teenage girldom. And I especially love the moments when TV teen dramas get political. You guys, we can organize, stand together, speak with one voice. Karl Marx has come alive for me today. Now it just seems so obviously wrong that those who control capital should make their fortunes off the labor of the working class. Well, since you've fired us, you've given us plenty of time to kick in. Workers of the world unite for all the Yeah, are we recording? We're double recording. We are double recording. Okay, cool. Welcome to me, Maria's latest podcast venture that is just a way for me to talk about teen dramas with people I like. <laughs> I don't really know. I just feel like since I came to college and finally just like accepted my intense love for teen dramas as being part of who I am. Thank you, toxic best friends and teenager Tom, who made me feel any differently. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have felt like I wanted an outlet to talk about all of the times that teen dramas actually represent people. And especially now that we get awesome shows like fucking Sex Education. I feel like I recommend this show to like everyone I ever meet, like who I'm having a conversation about teen dramas with, because it's just like, it checks like all the boxes of everything that we've like ever wanted, I feel like, out of a teen drama. Like it's funny. It's, it's so honest. It's still teenagers exactly they still do bad things i think what's so cool about it is that it's not contrived like it all just makes sense for them you know? and it just makes sense on for the different types of people that you wouldn't usually see it makes sense for it yeah um, super refreshing so i guess before we go any further and i like we forget it's gonna be me and guests and like people are gonna be recurring guests so like get used to dondre and live they're definitely gonna be here if you're gonna be listening to this podcast dondre is like my be best friend in the world um you know <laughs> we were the weird duo that you might find at an indie show filled with white people <laughs> that was just <laughs> Andre as like the only, you know, black person is like teenage kid and then me next to him and we're both wearing like, you know, thrifted clothes and we're like so excited to be there. Like, I feel like that like sums up how our friendship became. We just liked the same music and the same TV shows and the same shit. And we went to college together and we met Liv. So, yeah. yeah. And we just did all, all the whole, the whole shebang. Yeah. The whole shebang. Uh, I guess, I guess, yeah, Maria and I are like a product of... It's a digital age, like digital friendships, because we had classes together, but never spoke. Or like if we spoke, it was like in group settings. Yeah. But then we got super close through MySpace. R.I.P. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's actually how we yeah. really like solidified our friendship. Were you guys like top friends? Yeah. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, oh my god, I love that. Yeah, and and Maria, as most people will say, Maria was like the beginning of like what people would say Dante's white phase was. I feel like I'm so sorry. Well, <laughs> well, I think I think it's what like like made the nuance, you know, because I like became friends with Maria like right after um, I like basically got dropped from my friend group. And so I had no friends. And so like I had to like take the social media friendship into real life. And that's how we started hanging out. And that like expanded like my music interest because I it was, I mean, looking back on it, it's weird to say this, but like it's why like I started listening to like alternative music because I, I like needed to like have enough like culture and needed to have enough like capital to be able to talk about things with you guys because like it would be like about the office and parks and rec and like i didn't watch those things but like to be able to like fit in but still be myself and be comfortable and have my own opinions about things i have to like expand myself and so in doing so and also being in the atmosphere that was maplewood where it was like 50 50 with black and white we were still within the very black sphere of columbia so i think it wasn't like a typical token experience where you know you're like totally having to be with these white people in their spaces like we were as much in black spaces as we were in white spaces at the same time right. most of the time and so i think that caused for like a more even cultural exchange which sex education kind of does well and, but i feel like in terms of like us like we were really ahead of our time in terms of like discovering those nuances and friendship-based normalized ways kind of like what i feel like live in mining experience feeling too uh mm -hmm. where you just really like you got to know and love someone because you grew up with them and you like saw them at their worst and you really like developed like a deep emotional love for them yeah uh, and I, I think that's what tech education for me is just so refreshing to watch because it really like gives another example of that that you can relate to exactly. especially with Eric so yeah, and now Dondre is a screenwriter who lives in LA. We should also say that. I'm really good at it. Um, yeah, I, I worked in TV for three <laughs> years as a PA slash uh, writer's assistant. Left after my fourth job um, to go work in public policy and education, basically for waste management. So waiting until I can get actual staffed gig because I'm not ever being an assistant ever again. <laughs> yeah, so me and Dondre met live at college and, you know, I feel like all of our college friendships that endured were based in all of us, like, hating what was happening to us. Yeah, no, that's how we, we all came together because we hated Emerson so much. Yeah, um, <laughs> and just, you know, the, the prevailing culture of white, wealthy people who did not understand any experience outside their own, which coming exactly. from where me and Dondre grew up was like, you know, wild to me because I was one of the few white people really in the country because most of the country is incredibly segregated still who like had the experience, not in a city at least, of like growing up around not just white people. So like, it didn't like, and like Essex County, New Jersey in general where Dondre and I grew up is a very diverse like area of New Jersey and like right out in the natural area of New York. So the idea of like ever walking outside and only seeing white people was like insane to me, you know? I feel like Maplewood is my teenage dream personally mm. a lot of people who I bring there are drawbacks that, <laughs> there's definitely drawbacks but like whenever i bring someone home they're like what the fuck is this place it's like in like a little like surreal little dream i'm mixed yeah. um my mom's white my father's black i grew up with my white family in a town i think it's like 
something wild, like 98.7. Look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> percent white. When at Emerson, for me, I was like, oh, okay, this is how real life is all the time. <laughs> I was like, okay, so every space I ever go into is going to be white as fuck. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I'm happy that I, I dipped out of there freshman year, um, and that we all remained good friends. Yeah. And then I went to a school that literally was probably 30% white at that most. It was pretty lit. <laughs> so I got to meet a lot of new people there. And, and graduate valedictorian. Yeah. Oh yeah, I graduated valedictorian in my class. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Casual. Whatever. Spent way too much time in the restaurant industry. What else do I do? Oh, I'm a freelance marketing consultant. You're a Netflix uh, I went full time about a year ago oh, yeah. uh, as a freelance marketing consultant after getting fired from Netflix, which was an experience, but probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me in hindsight. Then I'm also a writer slowly but surely trying to finish some things on my personal creative projects but obviously making money is really important right now so that's what I've been focusing on hopefully today will reinvigorate me because I love a good teen drama yeah sex education is like everything and I'm definitely going to be doing future episodes I already know for a fact that my friends Susanna and Ashley who have a now defunct um, sex podcast together about taboo sex topics we're going to do an episode specifically about like the sex education education part because my friend Ashley Cunningham is basically Otis like she knows who she was in college she was always giving people sex advice <laughs> yeah she really was she really yeah. was she really was wow I forgot about that yeah yeah so many future discussions to come but I think like Eric is by far like my favorite character on this show I oh, yeah. Eric is just like the kind of character who I just feel like we've never gotten to have before and it's like so beautiful to just get to watch his journey and I'm very excited that they got picked up for a season three because that means it's not over and it means that this episode is going to be about his like you know journey as a black queer teen character so far because we don't know what's going to happen next so we're just going to talk about the first two seasons of sex education today so i guess like the first thing that i wanted to talk about was the fact that you know as millennials who like like there weren't really that many people who are out in high school for us i mean i don't know about you live but we didn't really even in a pretty no, progressive town there weren't a lot of people who were like out as teenagers. And I just think that that is a completely different experience now. It seems there are a lot of, of the next generation that so many of them are out in high school and like having high school relationships. And I feel like the great thing is that teen dramas are reflecting that. Gen yeah. Z's doing a really good job. <laughs> the first thing we could talk about was kind of the fact that like in a lot of these teen dramas you have to watch like the coming out arc and that's like the first thing you kind of watch but we got to be introduced to Eric like already out to his friends and his family we find out later that he came out when he was 13 you find that out in season two but like you know from the get-go the first conversation between Eric and Otis they're like talking about who they're gonna fuck this year what did you reckon Amwa's been working out he's looking extra tight just because he's the only other gay in our year doesn't mean you have to fancy him yeah correction any other gay we know of could be anywhere. I just thought it was really like refreshing how like we got dropped into it already knowing there were these two out gay guys. I think there's there's definitely a lot of pain that Eric experiences, but I think the fact that we don't have to watch yet another coming out like afraid to tell your parents like that story's been told so many times that it was like really refreshing to like get to start at the next phrase. It was refreshing in the sense that they both start off specifically Eric unapologetic. Like the very first line that Eric has is him checking out 
Otis's mom's lover. Your mom's new boyfriend is a big, hot, sticky, wet dream. Like, that's like the first thing you hear him say in the whole show. And that is just like years beyond what we got to experience. So to see that, this confidence, it's, they get to be themselves. I think that for gay teens, like a lot of us don't get to really be ourselves until like we like move away from home or like, you know, it just is like the typical sob story. Like we just get stalled back in our development because we're not allowed to be ourselves. So, and also he's kind of the hip one. He's kind of the one who's like telling Otis that like everyone has had sex. Even he kind of hints that he's had like mm -hmm. sex in these random like weird odd places, which also kind of like is way he, ahead. Didn't he say he gave like two and a half yeah. years <laughs> yeah. yeah, I keep telling you, man. Everyone has had sex over the summer. Everyone except you. And you. Excuse me. I gave two and a half hand jobs to that guy I met in Butlins. One and a half. We got interrupted. And I'm like, you know, like, keep, I really believe that because it's just like, how do gay teens pick up on apps, you know? Like, and, you know, I remember even like coming home um, from college and like being on the app and seeing like kids that I had like just dropped Andrea off to school with like on the app. So I'm like, wow, like, like they nowhere should be on there, but like, you know, gay teens have access to shit yeah. like a lot easier now. So, like, I'm sure Eric has like had a jacked or grinder profile and, you know, was, did his thing. So I just, I don't know. It, it's really, I think it speaks to the now. But it's just cool to just see him getting to be a teen, but still getting to be really extraordinary in these dangerous little sescapades that he probably goes on. So, yeah, I definitely yeah. was really to see. Yeah, I, um, I love his character. He's definitely, like, by far my favorite. Other than Jackson, because he's so hot, I oh can't God, stand yeah, no. it. So yeah, basically the hottest people in the show are my favorite. But Eric, there's so much to love about how unapologetic he is. Like, I wish that I'd had a friend like that growing up. You know, because I was always, like, very outwardly confident, but inside, scared shitless of just about everything. It would cause um, me to stick out even more than I already did. And, yeah. So I feel the same way as Dondre. It's just really nice to be able to see somebody who's like already out, comfortable in their own skin, but still like struggling with being um, gay in a very heterosexual world. Yeah. And I also loved, because we all know this by now, queer community, there are just different types of queers, right? Oh, yeah. So we had Eric who is this really cute, personable, exciting person. And we have Anwar, who's this, like, yeah. <laughs> mean, catty, like... I, I just think about, like, Mean Girls yes. and Regina George, whatever. I think of them, like, that mm -hmm. little... Their little group. Yeah, Ruby um, and Olivia, yeah. <laughs> Ruby and Olivia, I was like, how dare that bitch have my name? She's so mean. But, you know, we end up kind of feeling bad for her at a certain point. But, yeah, no, I love uh, the contrast between Anwar and Eric. It's so funny, just I, especially like watching different shows and stuff. People try to like box a queer people into like this one stereotype. But was really special to see was both had you know those flamboyant, um, excitable personalities, but were both like completely different people. So I love the way that this show can show how dynamic queer people are and like how it, it's not one size fits all. You know? Yeah, I mean even Adam. Like that's oh also, God, yeah. you know, Adam is so elementary in his experience that it's like, it's, I hate to use this word at this point, but toxic, you know, but like, you know, it's very, he doesn't know what to do. So he just uses like frustration and anger, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and to see how Eric has to eventually grow up to like, you know, 
start to kind of bridge that gap and that like emotional labor that he puts out for him like you know i think it just um it's very very interesting yeah uh we need to talk about him because that shit was triggering oh my god i know he was literally like some of the guys i grew up with like the staunch you know republican like i can do what i want like i'm gonna be mean to everybody i'm gonna steal people's freaking chocolate bars and shit like i oh my god i i did not feel any type of empathy for him until the end of the second season same and i hated the way he treated eric i hated it eric all around deserves better oh yeah yeah. i don't think he's met the right person for him yet but he's also like what 17 16 so that's okay. I know, but I want him to have everything he wants. Oh, of course. I, I think, you know, it's high school where you just have, you have the gays who are there. That's all you have. And so, you know, he hasn't gone out in the world and, like, had the freedom to, like, you know, see what the fuck he actually likes for himself outside mm-hmm. of that experience and i do think it's like really interesting how like there seems to be this weird expectation from like not just like where does the expectation that eric has come from that him and anwar are eventually gonna like you know date like i feel like that comes up again and again throughout the first season like yeah we're the only ones each other has so it's gonna happen at some point and um, it's a very interesting dynamic um and i love that eric is confident enough by the end of season one that like that kind of like is gone and he's like you know me and anwar aren't the kind of people who would date each other just because he's there doesn't mean i have to settle for that like man can we talk you gonna hit me no this is when eric gets beat up which is such a sad plot i don't talk more about that his ends up taking his anger out on anwar hey yeah let me guess wrong place wrong time i'm all right i, I thought that it would feel good but it, it didn't definitely the gay guy yeah that's perfect eric look I, i'm really sorry look if it helps i use this to come out to my mom okay I just didn't know. I, I, I just thought you had it all figured yeah, out. Yeah, well, you assumed wrong. Um, she now thinks you're a gay basher. So if you get some filthy looks from an Indian lady, don't take it personally, OK? So this punching you in the face thing has probably ruined our chances of being together. Bitch, please. Pretty boys like me are definitely not your type, OK? Oh. Enjoy suspension, <laughs> trumpet boy. What's my type? Still not your friend. Oh, I love it. Oh, I hate it. I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> I love that they're that young and they already know that, like, yes, they play for the same team, but, like, there's subcategories, like, you know, like, AKA, they're both bottoms. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, yeah. They, they play the same sport, but they're not on the same team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also just, like, moments like that, are what is missing from so many teen dramas that I love and that I think a lot of shows need to emulate. Like, I think a lot of times shows are just trying to move to the next plot and they're not thinking about the characters. And so they'll have something big happen between people who interact all the time. And then like, we never get any sort of closure. Um, Riverdale. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely subtweeting Riverdale, but not only Riverdale, but yes, Riverdale. So, like, moments like this, like, they're not even, like, amazing friends. And, like, that happens a lot on this show where people will interact for, like, an episode or two. But we always get to, like, see how they've, like, changed each other. And I just think it's so beautiful. Yeah, I think this show does, um, like, not, like best friendships but like passing by you know yeah. like i feel like in high school like there aren't people who are like my best friend but if i like see them on instagram doing well it makes me happy because right. we have like a moment our random experience together and i feel like 
show does that really well. Okay, so we kind of already covered this, but I just wanted to say, like, it's just so beautiful how, like, funny and just, like, straight-up joyful Eric is. Just having somebody who's, like, fully in his, like, blackness, queerness, and then just gets to be joyful and, like, and, like optimistic. Meanwhile, his, like, friend Otis, who's, you know, a white dude in, like, a beautiful house, like, with, you know, he does have, to like, parental issues, don't get me wrong, but, like, he has, like, a very privileged life, theoretically. And he's the one who's, like, negative and, like, you know, angsty, the more angsty of the two of them. Um, me and Donna yeah. were both angsty. <laughs> There was no optimism to be found. Um, I'm very jealous of Eric's optimism. <laughs> I wasn't. I really wasn't angsty. I didn't become angsty until maybe like 22, 23. No, college. I was angsty in college. I was one of those people who, like, I was cool with everybody. So I got invited to all the different parties, you know. I got all that shit. I, I didn't have a terrible high school experience looking back on it. I was angsty, I would say, like, 95% of the time if I wasn't <laughs> angsty, it was because I was on stage. Yep. And so, I think, I think that was, that was my relation, so. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's, um, the life of the party. Oh my god, the scene when he, um, shows everyone how to do the blowjob at the party. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so fucking so funny. Epic. Rule number one. Enthusiasm is more important than technique. Yeah, don't go too deep. Looks awkward. You can use a bit more pressure than you think, actually, but no teeth. Like, he was doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, I believe it. <laughs> I think that it does reflect oh, the fact no. that British, that British culture is definitely, like, less prudish than American culture. Just so many wonderful moments throughout the show like that, that are just like, they're all just like screaming about sucking a penis. Like they were like chanting something too, right? Like suck, suck a dick or some shit like that. Suck a dick. What's going on? Jumbo just teaches them how to get BJ's. It is priceless. Suck, suck, suck a dick. Suck, suck, suck a dick. Like, just, like this would never happen. This would never happen in the US. <laughs> And I'm just like thinking about what it would have been like to go to a high school party and like have everybody <laughs> chanting suck a dick. We were 18. Yeah, there would have been no one to openly be like, yeah, men suck dicks. Let's talk about how. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> right? I know. With his two and a half hand jobs. Okay, so I think one of the most yeah. important arcs then of season one, and I think that the fact that we didn't have to do a coming out arc gives the show room to do this is just the whole arc of Eric accepting himself and accepting all of himself as far as like his like gender presentation and the fact that he still wants to like believe in God and like go to church and like be a part of the black community like that whole plot line with his dad is like one of my favorite plot lines on the entire show um that in the sexual assault plot line see the second season uh, with the bus those are probably my two all-time favorite plot lines on this show. Especially being like a, a queer kid with Jamaican parents, I just know that experience of, you know, foreign dads are usually not as soft as Eric's dad is. It was cool to see what, like, those type of dads claim they're trying to protect you from by using aggression towards him being homophobic, but Eric's dad is, like, actually just, he actually just says what he wants to happen in a loving way. You know, he's like, he just is afraid of what the world will think of Eric, more so. And so I think it's also cool to see 
a coming out story, but like a development story for right. me too. That isn't marked by like the parents hating them. It's just like typical like parents having a hard time understanding their kid, you know, like any other teen. I thought that was really cool. But that was done without trauma, you know. At no point are we questioning, even like in season two when like um, his mom <laughs> meets I Adam. Love what? Oh my god, Eric's mom is the best. Oh. Lovely to meet you, Adam. Lovely to meet you. I love you so funny. Um, you know, it just there's no moment of them just not being down for Eric as he develops into whatever he develops into. And I think that is just so refreshing to see from a Nigerian family that's like I don't know parents who have queer kids who are that, you know, loving and accepting and, and want to embrace seeing their kid with Unless they're white, I mean, I don't know, I thought when I saw that storyline, I was thinking, does this actually happen? Like, are there actually black parents, especially uh, first-generation kids? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, is it is this something that actually happens? My, I don't have anywhere near that same experience right. of coming out. I mean, I think right now, a lot of the times, queerness feels trendy. It feels like something that you can kind of, like, throw on and try for a bit. Um rather than having it actually be like it's like part of your your outer identity rather than like actually how you feel inside so to that point um when i was watching i felt like really happy that eric had that stability because there's a lot of things that like go on around him that are fucked up especially the the whole headwig incident that was awful there's this thing like i remember when i told my mom that i had a girlfriend she said it's not that I don't accept you. I just worry about the type of life that you could have, the type of things that, you know, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about the world and how the world will see it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's something that a lot of parents say because they feel ashamed that they don't necessarily want to admit. So they like throw it on the world and society, but it doesn't mean that they love you any less because of it. So I thought it was interesting to see that type of narrative with Eric's parents of the whole, like, it seemed like they were more worried about how the world was actually going to affect him. It wasn't that they felt any shame about who he is, but they actually were just, like, genuinely worried about his safety. But I did think one of the things that was so cool about that is that the first interaction he has when he's first waiting for Otis, and then it's that other guy's birthday, too, and they have, like, the knife moment at first. Oi, it's your birthday. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's my birthday too. You look brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Happy birthday, mate. Or like you totally think the beating up thing is gonna happen. And then it's just some drunk white kid who gives him a swig of his fucking, you know, his drink and is like, happy birthday, you look amazing. Um, and it's like a glimpse of what the world could be like, you know? But then it's like, no, but then he's out long enough that he loses his wallet and his phone. And then it's like, no, the world's coming to get you now. <laughs> And that's what I love about it. It's never contrived. Like, it's always like, okay, this would actually play out. Also, Eric just looks amazing in that Hedwig outfit. I mean, it's like... It's, oh, my God. He would look great in a yeah, paper yeah. bag. I think
one of the most important scenes in this arc is when he meets by chance that like queer adult man black man who stops for directions on his way to a wedding that is one of my favorite scenes and he wears i do think it's really cool how the costume the costumes in the show are amazing but like especially eric's but how they have him wear like the drab clothes for like i guess like two episodes or an episode and a half and he's just wearing like gray and people even comment on it because it's like so not him so this is the scene where where i feel like it's like the the, the eric realizing life could be better and there's life beyond high school is sort of how i think of the scene i feel like <laughs> Oh, and the gospel music too, man. Oh. Hey, man. Do you know how to get to Ellen Car? I'm trying to get to a wedding reception and my GPS totally screwed me. Um, yeah. Oh. The eyeliner. Yeah. The rings. Yeah, you, you're going in the right direction. Um, it's that way. Uh, it's about 50 minutes. Take a left at the primary school. Thanks, man. Uh, your nails are fierce. Thanks, kid. Or my advice? Stick to the jewel tones. <laughs> and the fact that the gospel music is playing just feels so important. Like, ugh. I feel like it's almost like, oh, I can have it all. Like, it's like a come to gay Jesus moment. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Jesus yeah the next scene is when he's act when eric is actually in church where i feel like i feel like he has like a transcendent experience in this scene and i just like i love it so much joy love your neighbor as yourself 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 love starts here we must all learn to love ourselves before we truly Love others. Look at you. It's good to see you in church. You are welcome here anytime. This is your family. I love that scene because Christianity is just filled with homophobic bullshit. As we know. Um, yep, yep, yep. So it was really special to see the preacher embrace him and let him know that he's welcome anytime. Because I grew up in the church and can it can be a really toxic environment. You hear a lot of unsettling, disgusting things about queer people. As Dondre said, it's not contrived. It's, I don't know, we're seeing, we're seeing things for what they could be, you know? Like, if you're actually reading the Bible and actually know what's being said. But I just love that scene. I thought it exemplified what Christianity should be. Like, what going to mm -hmm. church should feel like for people, so. Yeah, no, I, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like I walked so Eric could fly. <laughs> that is to to have it all like that. I I can't even imagine that growing up as a teenager. So I don't know. It just makes you really wonder like what you could be without trauma. <laughs> and so I think you know as I don't know. I, I've I've watched the show with my my boyfriend a lot, and he kind of gets annoyed by Eric because he's just like, oh, he's just so high strung all the time, so happy. But I'm like, no, Eric really is like what a lot of gay black men could never imagine, you know, like where you are constantly yourself in spaces where you would 
think it would be accepted and you just just get to be accepted without any question you know and, and the people who should love you just love you and that, that's just it you know and so i think really he really is our wildest dream um in terms of how he just gets to really just be himself in every single space um you know despite bad things still happening to him because you know, bad things will happen to all of us um, because of who we are. Um, but to have a strong core, you know, group of people who love you, I think that's how Eric's joy gets to transcend all the time. So it's really cool to see. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember, like, this is just adding to the Dondre and me like Dondre was not free on Sundays like that was just like growing up you know like and that's not and that was like one of the like cultural differences between you know the white people and the black people in town like you know y'all went to church and it seemed like it was a lot more fun and I just you know put in my time one one day a week at CCD like with the you know oh my god you know so I it well, like when I and I think that another thing that's so beautiful about this is that like you don't we don't immediately see him in church like but mm-hmm. you can as soon you see him in his like colorful clothes but you see him in his colorful clothes throughout the the show and like I just feel like they clearly put him in the same kind of like outfits as like you know like just like it's just it feels very informed by Nigerian culture like everything he wears even if it's not yeah. like directly that you know just like the fact that he always is wearing really colorful outfits and then when you get to church it already looks like he is like you're like oh shit he this is part of why he is the way he is like this part of this community wow that's such a good observation yeah Uh, yeah it doesn't his um outward appearance makes sense because he's gay but then it makes sense because he's just nigerian yeah that's a really good observation i love that yeah no he he's he's there's never gonna be a character like Eric. that's that's just that's just really cool that's a good observation i love that okay so then to to finish our little trio of you know 107 moments let's watch the iconic moment with the dad <laughs> I truly, I mean, I feel like they, like, the the most Instagram or whatever, the one that they, whatever Instagram account Netflix has for queer people, I feel like they, like, post this, like, and every time they do, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna watch this again. Thank you. This is the content I asked for. This is why I follow you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and of course, Adam watching is an important, I think, part of their arc that he sees this. this. Yes. Are you sure you're sure? Yes. Why? What's wrong with it? Wait a second, please. When I first came to this country, I, I, I had to do so much to fit in. I never wanted the same for my children. Okay. I, I wanted you to be proud and strong. But you are so different. It makes me feel scared for you. Your fear doesn't help me, Dad. It makes me feel weak. But why do you have to be so much? This is me. I don't want you to be hurt. <laughs> no, I'll be hurt either way. Isn't it better to be who I am? I told you to wait! Yes. I just shouted at that man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Maybe I am learning from my brave son. <laughs> oh, yeah. Adam cannot handle that. He's like, fuck that. He gets to have his dad accept him. Like. <laughs> oh, my God, that... In pantsuits. Oh, he looks so good. And the head wrap, it's just beautiful. <laughs> what the fuck did you come as trombone or a girl? What do you want, Adam? I'm gonna fucking kill you. Okay. 
Are you going to do it now or later? Because I'm ready when you are. <sighs> it's coming. OK. So later, then. Great. Oh, the power. Right into that dance. Bring him the bell. Yeah, no, I, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> like, it's just... Normally, a scene like that would be bad because you're just... The characters are just saying what they actually think. But I think the cool thing is, is that we've seen the opposite for so long. Like, we've just seen Black Dads just, like, throwing the kids out or, like, beating the kids up. Like, I think that's why this is so refreshing because it's just the conversation that no one will fucking have with their kids. <laughs> that it really is more about the parents' fear than the kid itself. Because, I, you know, I think now that I'm, like, what, 26, like, I think back and I, you know, I think my teenage self, like, the outfits that I used to wear and, like, you know, and a space like Maplewood, I was, like, very, very much, like, the only kids that were gay were white, you yep. know? And so I think of my younger self as my most resilient self because that was like before Dondra with the muscles I was before Dondra he went to Emerson and got to be wherever I was in that space you know like that was when it was tough yeah. you know so to see to see that and but to also see again that core support and understanding from your dad the black dad that's again like, I, I'm starting to think the whole entire Eric storyline was just supposed to be fantastical <laughs> at this point <laughs> or maybe it's a, a UK difference too because you know be. it may be different over there in terms of how Nigerians have assimilated into I mean it's definitely a universal experience but the UK is ahead with everything so like I have an aunt who's in the UK and in 2001 she was like smoking weed in the house with her baby like you know they, they sometimes do are a way more progressive over there so that's something to keep into account too but yeah, yeah. It's annoying that they are because they're like the original colonizers. So like great that you're way ahead of us. Yeah, you play colonized Jamaica, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. When I see um Eric's dad, it kind of like it's like aspirational. I mean, for those of us who like maybe want to be parents in the future. Totally. It's like this is how you treat your kid and this is how you let them be themselves come to whoever, like come into themselves whatever way they want to. So I don't know. I want to be Eric's dad, I guess. Yeah, right. Or his mom. So yeah, no, his mom. She's even she gets her time to shout out the second season, I feel like. But yeah, and then I also just think the fact that, like, you know, like we were saying, it's not contrived. Like, they make it very clear, like, how much of the dad's fear is derived from the immigrant experience that he's had. Um, yes. And, and also his own inability to stand up for himself mm -hmm. because of that experience. Exactly. Like, you know, I think a lot of immigrants are either, I don't know, he's, he's really a unique Nigerian character specifically because, you know, I think people assume that the Nigerian man is like dominant and aggressive and he's actually very timid and shy. You know, he's, it's, he kind of reminds me of my dad in the sense that like, you know, he is very fearful of how people will, will perceive him in America. And so he, he is very within himself and Eric is the complete opposite, you know, so yeah, it's, it's really a refreshing um, representation for both Eric and, and the family. Yeah, and I think it definitely is, like, a thing with just parents in general where, like, sometimes you just have those moments where you realize that your kid is stronger than you. Like, yeah. um, my yeah. mom, not to, like, you know, my mom told me once that the first time she ever heard me, like, talk back to Jeff, she was like, what the fuck? Because she never did that with my dad, um, which is why their marriage was awful and fell apart. Um, but, like, the fact that she could have been the one who raised me, but she was, like, so surprised that I would 
be able to like stand up for myself like that like i do feel like his dad kind of has like a similar moment here where he like realizes like how much eric like how much bravery eric has to walk into mordale like every day acting the way he wants to be and being who he wants to be and how much he hasn't done that and then he yells at that fucking you know that prick in the car so it's a cool moment yeah, no, it, it kind of reminded me of my parents, too, because <clears throat> I remember growing up, like, we grew up in, you know, Maplewood, post 11 and I remember how you guys used to always go into the city, like, by yourselves, and my parents were like, what? <laughs> like, like, this is, like, you know, they just attacked, battle, you know, Twin Towers, like, mm-hmm. I just send you into new york and i i remember like what i must i don't think you even knew this maria but i went to new york one time and i had not gotten permission from my parents i had like set up this whole thing where i had sharon babysit to andrea and i just like went to new york and just went out with y'all and just did my thing and i got in like hella trouble for it but like years later i was coming back home from college for the first time no i lost my ticket it was a ticket that was going to be like from Boston to New York and then New York to Jersey. Mm. But I lost the New York to Jersey ticket. I was in New York, so I just took the train home. Right. And my parents were like, well, how did you get home? Like, how did you know how to get home from New York to Maplewood? Like, you just knew to do that? Like, how did you figure that out? And I was like, I went to the city when I was like in eighth grade. Like, it wasn't that big of a deal. I just knew how to navigate the world. And I think that moment, they were like, oh, shit. Like, you know, all of those years of us putting fear on him, he was just going to be himself anyway. And it actually helped him survive, yeah. you know? And so I, I, it definitely reminded me of that moment where, you, you know, you come here as an immigrant which is a very small dream in mind but you don't even anticipate how that experience on your children will allow them to teach you so i mean i think every parent's goal on the low like whether whether they have a specific thought in mind for like who they want their kids to be i think there's always that element of like your kids are going to be better than you because they're going to watch the stupid shit that you do and they're not going to want to repeat that behavior you know i don't know I think the moment with his dad was really special, but we also see, like, however it manifests, too. Like, some parents might not be cool with their kid being better than them. Right. You know, for me, I'm lucky that I have a mom who literally is down with whatever way I want to express myself. You know, she's always been behind me. I've had, like, a really good experience with that. I mean, I didn't have a dad, but at the same time, it didn't really matter because I had Sherry. (laughs) Sherry, we love Um, her. But, yeah, she always tells me that, you know, I'm a better version of her. And I know it. And your kids, I would imagine they should be, you know? They should be, yeah. Like, you shouldn't want, you know, I've... Me, I'm what almost 27 years old, and I've definitely made some of the mistakes that my mom has. Sure, but yeah. I made I've made them earlier. Right. Nice. Kind of yeah. You learn yeah. from them, move on. Mm-hmm. And then I love how, like, by season two, you see that Eric goes to church again regularly. Um, we can talk more about uh Raheem going to church with him when we get to the romantic relationship uh. part, because that is a whole fucking mess. But um, I definitely like Lavo, he's just like, Oh, I have to go to church, you know, like that's how the conversation starts. And he's like, and Raheem's just like, Is church boring? And like honestly, I felt a lot of self-hatred because I was like, I feel like atheist me in high school probably would have been a lot like Raheem. So I'm kind of like slapping him down, like, stop, don't do that. 
that. Um, but he's just like, no, it's like quite fun. We get to eat plantains and like we get to sing and dance. Yeah, mostly all of you were like that in high school. Mm-hmm. I remember one moment in high school, y'all were bashing um, CCD in church so hard. And all, I remember saying, I was like, yeah, it's because y'all go to a black church. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, every Sunday's a concert for us. We're dancing, we're singing, there's food. Like, I don't know what y'all be doing, but we be having fun. Exactly. <laughs> like, a lot of us were, like, Irish and Italian Catholics in New mm-hmm. Jersey. So, like, most of us, like, we, I had a lot of white friends who got to just be secular, who would have been the actual mm-hmm. Raheems, where, like, his family are all atheists. That was mm-hmm. not, a lot of us were just, like, you know, within the Catholic Church, and that was the only version of the church for so long that I thought even existed. I was just like, oh, yeah, church is just boring. You go there for 45 minutes, some white dude yells at you, and then you leave. Like, you know, like, that was the only experience I could have ever imagined until I feel like I met Don. Whatever that moment was, was probably when I was introduced to a non-completely guilty... All of your face, you guys just got quiet. You're like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I'm not going to say that the Baptist church was any better. I think it just decorated the message a lot better than for y'all. You know, like, they just gave us... It mixed the... uh, the European with the culture. Yeah, and y'all have some flavor. Some yeah, flavor, some, some flavor on the homophobia. So. <laughs> okay, so I thought we would talk about his mom a little more when we got to the romantic relationship part, because that's kind of like the main role she ends up playing is like, who's good for my son, um, which is really refreshing about a queer relationship <laughs> for a teenager. Um, but I thought before we got to that, because I feel like since, you know, where the audience is left at the end of season two, it really is about his romantic relationship. So I thought we would end on that. So the other big thing I wanted to talk about before we got there was the friendship between Otis and Eric. And I think one of the most refreshing things is that I, even though Otis is like, you know, the main character technically, it does feel like Otis and Eric are the main characters in that like they both have their own plot lines like it's not like he's just Otis's best friend and he doesn't only exist to you know be a part of his plot line which unfortunately a lot of black characters on a lot of these shows are really only ever in service to white characters plot lines rather than having their own <laughs> yeah I mean it's not it's Sorry. definitely it's pretty much any show that airs on the CW I'm gonna say that um but yeah so I do think that on top of the fact that it's obviously an interracial friendship and we can talk about that just the amount of like love and affection between two teenage boys being best friends with each other is also just like really really beautiful i love their like very ritualistic like you know bike rides to school together where they like kind of have their tell-all confessional moments about whatever's happening in their lives and like when they aren't friends with each other they don't bike together and it's like a big thing or when otis ditches eric to meet up with Maeve before school and doesn't tell him like that's like a big deal because they have this ritual together i just love how foundational their friendship is to the show i generally just feel like friendships are underserved in teen dramas maybe we're biased because we didn't really have dondra because we didn't really have romantic you know like i didn't have a boyfriend like we didn't really have like defining romantic relationships in our teen years but we did have very defining teenage friendships and so whenever i see those missing i'm like what are y'all doing i feel like everyone has like has friendships not everyone has romantic relationships but everyone has friendships and i, I think it's also good in the sense that not everyone is looking for a relationship it's, i think most times like it just happens like yeah yes otis you know is ends up falling for me but like it's a situation that they fall up in him being the sex therapist that lets it naturally organically evolve. And I feel like also like you're right on the other end before, and you know, 
Otis because, start doing the therapy thing, they already have a strong foundation. And they're not, they don't treat her as if they're others. Like, it's not like a, hmm, what is, like, what is it like being the gay version of this, Eric? Like, there's never a moment like that. They just have, like, they know each other, so they wouldn't even ask that. And it could be because Otis's mom is a sex therapist, so he's more involved in that realm, but... I also think that, you know, they just know each other just naturally. Like, and there's, and he lets, he lets him be that, you know, he doesn't ever judge him for it. He doesn't ever get grossed out when Eric's talking about who he did in the club or, you know, there's even a scene where um, Eric just starts twerking in front of Otis and Otis is just like not even phased by it. You know, so I think that is also revolutionary, too, because, you know, there's it's one thing to be friends with someone. But when you come out as gay, I think you get afraid of like, you know, are they going to expect a different version of me? Am I going to have to like tone certain things down? Am I going to have to still keep secrets? Am I going to become the gay best friend or whatever? But like they are just naturally friends because they've grown up together. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's what makes it so beautiful, too, because they just, they know each other on a human level. And so that allows for Eric to be as eccentric and flamboyant as he wants to be, because Eric already loves him for that. Um, and so, and, and you know, and it, I don't know, it's a really beautiful, good example of, of friendship, I think. I think, too, like, yeah, we all have friendships, but all of us here, like Andre, Maria, Jeff, like, we all have friends who that we can connect on Eric and Otis's friendship. Like, I don't think necessarily everybody is lucky enough to have the type of friends that we have. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Like, like, I don't know. I think one of the reasons why um, we all connected in college was that we're used to having those long-term, stable friendships. Like, that, you know... I don't know. Yeah, I just, I think it's nice to definitely see that. Um, and also, too, for, like, people who are watching it, like, that's what a friendship should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, healthy. I mean, of course, you know, they, they fight and piss each other off and all that. But at the end of the day, like, they still love each other. And I don't know. It was nice to see that reflected. Yeah, this is one of the few instances where I feel like there's no doubt in my mind that they would stop being friends after high school. Right. No. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And also, oh my God, one of the details when I was watching, I saw that, you know, like when they go to the party in the beginning of season one and Eric is trying to hype him up for it and they're like dancing around his uh, Otis's like room. I like yes, there was a really cute framed photo of Eric and Otis like in the room somewhere. And I'm just like, oh, my God, the show is so good. Like the little details. So good like, oh, my God. I just picked up on, this is random, but you know how they say that Adam's dick is like two Coke cans? And then there's two locker and there's two Coke cans stacked on top of each other. <laughs> so petty. <laughs> I love how Otis's home is like the safe space for uh, Eric at the beginning of the season before he's really completely accepted his like gender presentation. Because, yeah, I mean, Otis is the kid with the hippie mo- mom, right? right? Like, I mean, right, that's just right. what it is. Um, even if his parents were like not immigrants, I feel like she would still be uh, insane in comparison to anyone's mom. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Um, but I I just like I love I mean I one of the moments I want us to watch when we feel like we're ready to is um the 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 fight they have after Hedwig and um the fact that Eric doesn't call his dad but calls Gene when he's you know um when he's beat up by that those dudes but then he comes home and Otis isn't there for him it, it was 
I don't know. I just what a what a what a moment. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Only boys are tall. I'm sorry, dude. This this thing came up with 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 Maeve in the clinic, and it, it was serious. But this crazy thing happened. I think we had a moment. I, it, oh, it was full on, and I, I messed it up. What happened to your face? You were with Maeve. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was because of the photo that's going around. You left me alone, dressed like this, because you wanted to hang out with Maeve. No, no, not on purpose. But oh, you are what so self-centered. You don't care about anyone but yourself. What? That's, oh, that's not fair. <laughs> Eric, why are you so angry? Because we've been friends since we were nine years old, and you've abandoned me for someone that you've known for five seconds. You've changed, man. The old artist would never do that. I didn't. No, but you did. You seriously think that she likes you? You can't even touch yourself, man. Wake up. I'm self-obsessed. You can't stand it if you're on the center of attention all the time. Well, at least I'm not delusional. No, the truth is, Eric, you're only angry right now because I'm getting a life beyond our friendship and you can't deal with it. Ooh. Ooh. No, no, no. I rang your mum to pick me up because this is where I felt safe. I think I made a mistake. is like I do believe that Eric's dad just wants him to be safe yeah. and when I first when he first said that to him like if you're gonna live like this you're gonna have to toughen up mm -hmm. at first I was like fuck you like you don't get it like <laughs> you know you suck like that was such a unempathetic thing to say but then when you see how things unravel and how you know he actually realizes how brave his son is for doing those things like I think that's was a really important moment um, to like, especially for me to see like after I don't know how you how how it ends like when you know how it ends and like how that whole thing is resolved it's amazing but like when I first saw that I was I was not pleased yeah oh, I was like yeah. that sucks that he said that but yeah I mean it's just amazing that Otis is like actually like held accountable um, and. Like, it isn't just brushed under the rug. I think a lot of times, like, when the, the white male protagonist does some bullshit to their, like, friend, whether it's, like, you know, any number of marginalized sidekicks that they get, you know, it's often not given, like, the reconciliation it deserves. Yeah, yeah and um, Eric has some, like, really bad bitch moments where he's just calling people out. Oh, yeah. So honest. In general, it's, it's really, it's not common to have a character that is that honest. Inwardly and in their relationships. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think this this show also does a good job of elevating the token experience. Like we get to see like all the good sides of the token experience, but also the bad sides of it. You know, because I think what really hit me with when you said was like you left me alone. Mm -hmm. Like this to go be with, you know, whatever. I think that just 
brought back so many moments where, you know, you can be with your white friends, but, like, you still look different in that crowd, you know? And when your white friends forget that, or, or, you know, too young, or don't know enough about the world yet to understand what certain things mean to you versus them, like, I think that is such a nuance that has not really been touched on. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're just starting to see TV get past the point of even doing tokenism, but nonetheless, you know, exploring the fact that, like, you know, you can be a token. Remember one time we went to go um, <laughs> see knowledge in New York? Oh, and, I don't completely um, remember it, as you know, if I had had, I was quite high, but... Uh, well, this, was, yeah. this, was, this was before, this is when we were online to get in. Okay, okay. And this is a line of, like, black people like new york brooklyn black people and <laughs> and, venue in 2013 <laughs> yeah and and they that was it wasn't humor it, but like megan and them they were just like being stupid it was like all right and then you know how to get goofy and shit oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 then we were a big the, group too we were a big yeah. group in this black ass crowd yeah and the security guy was like yo 90210 90210 we can't do this here come on i was too high <laughs> i do not remember that that's he referred to us as 90210. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like, you know, like, you know, like being, being a token means different things. And I think on TV, like you only get to see what being a token means within like one group. But like, mm-hmm. I think this was an interesting way to kind of hint at the fact that like, yeah, we're friends. Yeah, we've grown up together, you know, but like, I mean something different in the world than you. And like, mm-hmm. if you're going to be my friend, like you have to be mindful of that. Okay. Um, and I, I thought that was a really cool way for them to touch on that. It's amazing that like, no matter what Eric goes through, he's always like an advocate for himself. Mm-hmm. He's always like, he's very confident in who he is and he demands respect out of his relationships. Like, yep. no matter how down he gets, he's still doing that. Like, I think that's just a consistent character trait is him demanding what he deserves out of relationships. So you guys want to watch the reconciliation scene at the dance? I feel like the only true, like, love story in this dance episode is truly, like, Eric and Otis's, like, platonic love. Because, like, no no one else really, like, has, like, a huge romantic moment. It's more of, like, other relationships fall apart, like Jackson and Maeve, but, like, but, but, like, the friendship is the one that, like, and that's what Mm -hmm. matters the most. Like, that's what needs to survive past high school is the strong childhood friendship, you know? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Beautiful. <laughs> also, it took me a while to realize this was Hedwig. I did not realize that the first time I watched this. May it was really dumb me, but. Okay, I did not realize that either. Why would I dance with you? You just told me. Okay, cool. This because is Hedwig, we're best guys. Friend. No, <laughs> we're not. Yes, we are. Eric, I know. I'm just a really bad one sometimes. Yeah. I made a mistake and I said some horrible things. I didn't mean. I miss you. And I'm sorry. You think I'm an attention seeker? I think you are the coolest, bravest, and kindest person I know. True. True. You owe me a birthday. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Okay, 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 okay. (laughs) If no, I leave. You ready? <laughs> Aww, so beautiful. 
beautiful. I, I just cannot think of anyone growing up who was like that, just openly affectionate with each other, like two dudes, teenagers, just doing their thing. I also think, I, I guess the cool thing of growing up in the digital technology age, I think people are evolving like at the fastest speed they've ever been evolving. Yeah, you know? for sure. And so I think, again, it's my firm belief that people who were born between like, 93, 95, just have like, we're like the last ones to deal with the bullshit before everything just shifts. <laughs> and so, you know, so I, I really feel like, I don't know, this is just, it's really, it's probably the coolest for us to see because we really could not imagine it versus like a teenager watching this show today, you know? Like, it's, yeah. no, it's, it's just really cool to see how people are. And we can imagine those relationships now because, like, we have. Yeah, exactly. Why couldn't we have had it in high school? <laughs> We'd be without that trauma. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's yeah. very true. And then I think what I really love about that season one plotline is that it does really feel in season two that their friendship is stronger for what they went through in season one. Like, and I just, you know, it's just, I love the moments in season two when like, you know, Otis has a big milestone with Allah or like, you know, Raheem asks um, Eric out and they have these like freaking out, so excited for each other, like genuinely excited for their, their friend moments in the hallway and they'll like pick each other up and hug. Like, I just love that so much because like, it's just such a like, teenage reaction and sometimes I feel like on these shows you know like I, I, I joke that like you know teen dramas are just a bunch of 20 something is cosplaying as um, you know teenagers most of the time but I think sometimes the writers <laughs> treat the characters like they really are 20 somethings and they don't get to have teenage reactions to things but I yeah. always feel like oh yeah I always feel like Otis and Eric together have very teenage re reactions to like something happening to their best friend and I love that I mean even I'm taking up all that damn space on the dance floor it just has that like a <laughs> teenager obnoxiousness, you know? Yeah. And, like, I think that's, like, one of the coolest things about being that young. Even if the world's looking at you crazy, like, you're a teenager, so you don't fucking care. You yeah. know? Like, you're not... You're not socialized enough yet to strip yourself away of your youthfulness and so yeah i don't know i think season two i couldn't imagine how they would like elevate everything but they elevated everything that they did right in season one emotionally with the friendships the sex stuff that they even touched upon even like i don't know i think they kind of with eric I like that they tackled the idea of, like, the hot guy even not really being compatible, yes. you know? Like, I think that season one, you get to see that, like, just because there's another gay in the school, he's, they're not compatible, but, like, the, the guy of your fantasy also could just not be compatible, you know? Yeah. So I, 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 I'm really curious to see what they... It would be curious to see who would be compatible with you know and like who who would make him a good partner especially since he has otis you know because i think that for me when i started getting into relationships it was weird because i always had sharon i always had like you i already i already had like someone who like embodied like what a relationship was just minus the sex part of it and so i, I what i'm really curious to see what they do if if you know Eric's not around as much anymore, because I, I don't know what they'll do without each other. Because that, that that is the next thing that I can think would really threaten the status of the job. Because right now it's still very focused around Otis and Maeve and the sex the sex therapy and stuff. But like if, if it you know it would only make sense to take it to the next level by making Eric not around as much. 
So that that would be really interesting to see for future episodes. That actually leads into, you know, the final topic of like Eric's love triangle, which I gotta say, I am very sick of hetero love triangles because it's almost always two girls fighting over a mediocre dude and I'm fucking over it. Always. Real life and fictional. Right. (laughs) Honestly, going forward, please do not give me a love triangle unless the person at the center of it is as wonderful as Eric, because then I can actually understand why there are two people fighting over this person. Yeah, so I guess, I guess Raheem, like you said, is kind of like the hot guy. Like, he's the hot guy who shows up to school and everybody thinks he's hot. He's from France. And I heard he's the son of a Middle Eastern prince. Well, I heard he's Kim Kardashian's secret adopted brother. He will be my boyfriend. Okay. Ruby wants to fuck him, like, but he only has <laughs> eyes. But he only has eyes for Eric. I think that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Can I sit here. Uh, yes. Yeah. We'll find other seats. No. 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 I'm in next to you. Okay. Sure. Raheem, you miss it with us. These people are insignificant. No, I'm fine here. Thank you. And I feel like it's the first time that Eric gets to be like really courted, you know? He gets his little Ferris wheel moment. He gets a book of Pablo Neruda poems. Poem by Pablo Neruda. I don't know her. It's a lot of like little, like, you know, cute romantic teen drama moments that I feel like tend to only happen to like white girls happening to him. Mm. <laughs> yep. But then. At the same time, I don't know. Like, he's just not compatible with Raheem. It just, like... I don't think he's compatible with Adam either, though. No, I agree. No. That whole dynamic makes me so mad, to be honest. Like, it makes me... I don't even like watching it. And the fact that, like, Adam's being celebrated at the end, like, he's this, like, big romantic like i don't know i just i didn't like it i think it's interesting to watch their relationship evolve but i don't approve and i said it again earlier eric deserves better again we need conflict in order for it to be a show but in general i don't like adam i don't even i I mean i did have empathy for him toward the end it's just his is kind of like an age-old story of a closeted person being violent toward queer people because they don't know how to handle themselves. Yep. I I think you said something that really stuck out to me was that it's similar to what we only see like white women get. And so I think it's interesting that we get to see a gay character, a gay black character, try different people out, (laughs) you know? And they're not perfect, but like he's dating and he's in his teen years and, you know, him being able to experience an Adam, which by the way, rewatching it from the beginning and seeing how they like overtly was basically saying that, you know, he was gay. Like like everything that Adam does, I mean, like, You know, I watched it the first time and maybe I just didn't really, you know, see it or just didn't think twice about it because straight men are just naturally homoerotic. Yeah. But like, you know, it, it's it's him already having experienced an Adam and a Rahim before graduating high school. Like that means he's on the path to being able to develop actual relationships with people that he actually likes. Yeah. By the time he's like 26, 27, you know, because he's already sifted out the bullshit that most teenagers get to also sift out during their teenage years. And I think that's what's so cool and really, you know, surreal about Eric, you know, is that he's really like as a character for me ahead of his years way ahead of his years just an experience 
I I hadn't watched season two. I think I'd only watched season two maybe once before this rewatch. And so mm-hmm. I'd watched season one a lot. And so I had a lot of visceral hatred toward Adam, obviously. And, you know, as soon as I started watching, I was like, yeah, like the first time you see them interacting, he's like all up in his face, which like, mm-hmm. But, <laughs> and like, you know, stealing his lunch money or whatever, fucking like, you know, bullshit. And then I think when we, I got to like the fourth episode, is that the one where he puts like the dog shit on his family's car? That was the episode I got to where I was like, how does anyone ship this? Like I understand, because I see it on I, you know, I see I see sex I see some beautiful sex education gift sets in my Tumblr, you know, uh, travels, and there are definitely some people out there who like you know they're all about the Adam and Eric relationship. I don't know, but to me it's just like it just feels like a like such a trope that I don't mm-hmm. know if we need anymore, and I don't know. I but because think- everyone loves trade, everyone loves the idea mm-hmm. of like. I, I, even in the gay community, I think it's the idea that, oh, maybe one day trade will come around, you know? Like, maybe, like, trade will, will finally stop being abusive to me and, like, be the person that I love them to be. So I, I'm mm-hmm. not surprised by that ship at all. It's a it's a really bad ship to, to do, but I, I think it, it makes sense. Because I think, well, I think it's also good writing because That's true. we know enough about Adam enough to know what he could be, but know that he probably won't get there, you know? But Eric is already there and already living in that truth. And so I think, you know, the hope is that they meet, but, like, there's in in real no real world would they ever be yeah you know eric is so much more nuanced than adam yeah and i do think it's definitely a valid statement they're making that like sometimes the person who seems like the person you're supposed to be with isn't actually the one you have the most chemistry with because i do think that that's kind Mm. of like what the difference is is that eric has like natural chemistry and like thing like feels I don't know. What does his mom say that he, that like Raheem doesn't make him sparkle, I think is what he says about Raheem. It's not him, it's you. You are like a different person when you're around him. Like you're trying to be something that you're not. It doesn't make you sparkle. And so like you definitely see more genuine laughter from Eric when he's joking around with Adam. You're like when Adam is not being a piece of shit, which like the fact that sometimes he is is the problem. And so I think that is a really valid lesson to learn because I feel like when you're growing up and all of the things that you're learning about love are from like, you know, like idealized TV shows and shit, you're like, oh, that's the type of person I'm going to want to meet. But then when you meet that person in the wild, it might not actually be who you have chemistry with. I think that goes back to Liv's point about we always see Eric standing up for himself. Yeah. Like he, we always see him. You know, he'll he'll be with something for a while, but like we always see him get to the point where he's like, no, I could I could do better than this. Whether that's with Raheem, whether that's with you know his family, whether that's with Otis, like he really does do a good job holding people and everyone in his life accountable. And I, yeah, I think that's really what it makes sense to have him be the best friend character for a um, character like Otis because. He really is, he's a really resilient, strong kid, you know, on really every frontier of his life. So I think that just speaks to that. So the last two scenes I was thinking we would watch, if you guys are down, is the one where Eric, like, kind of rejects Adam at the end of the party episode season two. And then also the, like, big declaration of love, which is kind of where we're left with Eric's, like, whole situation for the season. And then, yeah, then we don't know what happens next to Eric, which it was really, like, I kind of love that, like, for once, like, Otis was the character who, like, he has no idea what's going to happen with his love life. And Eric, even if we don't agree with it, he just had, like, what feels like the most romantic moment of his life at the end whereas Otis is just fucked <laughs> I mean the more you watch it the more you realize that he really is the anchor for the show Hello. for this world I have to say one thing about Adam I think the most 
the most endearing he ever is to me is in his friendship with Allah. That little friendship that they get to have when they work together. Because it is, I did like how, you know, they kind of figure out their sexuality together. Allah's figuring out she's pansexual when Adam figures out he's bisexual. And it's almost like, if only y'all could have met earlier, you know, before it stopped you having to beat someone up for years and years, you know, like. Right, right, right. Yeah. I do also love his, his brief relationship with Gene in season one. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's just like the moment when they're like outside of the party talking to work about Amy and Otis. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like in, in terms of like random parent interactions, I felt like in high school, those were always like, whose mom said who to what? You know, like I feel like that was just a really cool moment. Yeah. What did I do wrong? You bullied me for years, Adam. You made me feel unsafe for years. You were one of the main reasons I wasn't kind to myself. And I'm supposed to believe that you suddenly changed. You're full of, of shame, man. And I, I can't be in that place anymore. I've had to work really hard to love myself and I won't go back to hiding things about me again. I'm scared and I think I'm bisexual. Are you all right? Ugh! Can't even hold my hand. Raheem can hold my hand. I feel like everyone hates me. Well, it's kind of hard to like someone who doesn't like themselves. Damn. Eric, send him an invoice because that was some therapy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I guess, that, honestly, it is nice how Adam's mom does end up being the actual impetus for him. Like, it's not just Eric that gets him there. Like, right. But... And he's the first one to keep it real with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was me in high school. The, the black bird kept keeping it real with everyone. It really works. <laughs> People be like, oh, the Andre is so funny. You'd be like, no, no, I'm being serious. Like, how many, like, how many crying white girls did I have to yell at from high school to college? That was like, it's kind of like weird to watch that knowing what happens at the end of the season. I'm like, did he just have like this wonderful moment and then kind of like digress? I don't know. I'm, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I really don't. You mean Adam? Adam and, well, I don't know how I feel about, like, how happy Eric is with Adam. Like, he really definitively chooses him by the end. And, like, mm -hmm. I feel like also when you think about that when Otis and Eric go on the camping trip and then they end up in the hotel and, like, Eric finally tells Otis, like, what happened in detention with Adam and how they went on their little smashing things date and everything. And, mm -hmm. like, Eric is, like, absolutely, like, gushing about him. Like, he's talking about any other crush. And Otis is you know rightfully like what the fuck i watched that dude beat you up for years like i'm scared I'm, i don't want you to be with someone like that but then at the end he almost kind of like gives eric's his blessing like i can't stop you from doing what you want to do you know um, mm -hmm. and there's that moment mm -hmm. when um ruby and otis are in the in the store where adam works getting plan b and uh, they end up having that conversation <laughs> where um otis is like don't hurt him or something or i think adam asks about eric and then otis is just kind of of like right. um and he's like i don't want to hurt him anymore and otis is like well then don't yeah, yeah. i'm gonna beat you up even though i'm otis and i could never do that like exactly exactly um <laughs> and i sort of feel like i'm otis where i'm sitting here like how do i feel about this i really don't know i don't think i like it though i trust eric i think you know he's someone who i mean out of all the characters I think the most we've seen Eric learn his lessons and follow through and evolve. And I mean, it was convenient that Adam literally wasn't there for the first half of the second season, but yep. I think that, you know, we've seen him be able to make his own conclusions. So I think that, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be easy for Adam to prove himself to Eric. You know, I think Eric is going to continue to hold him accountable. I, mean, I would hope the love would not ever get that blind. Yeah. I just don't want to see Eric go down a hole of 
trying to fix somebody. Yeah, true. And like they are teenagers, and I think that if there ever is a time to grow with someone, I think they're in the time to do it. Like I think I think maybe saying that from a twenty six year old perspective, like we don't have the time now to grow with somebody, but like when you're fifteen, sixteen, seventeen and you know, you're in a situation where you've been with these people since your childhood, I think you are in a space to, you know, grow with someone and develop a, a love that could be genuine or not. I mean, I think it can go either way, is my opinion. Yeah. I just think, like, they're on such different levels that, I mean, again, learning experience, they're teenagers, but it is a teen drama, and, like, you do think, like, oh, these people are actually in their 20s, I don't want them <laughs> making these fucking mistakes. I don't know. I I hope that what you said transpires in season three. Yeah. So maybe we should watch the the scene of the big romantic moment and then maybe also the mo- the mob and the sisters reacting to Adam, to be completely honest, is what made me the most sympathetic and empathetic toward Adam the entire time that we've been watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. You get, to see, you get to see what he's like when he just receives genuine love. No, and that's true. I mean, it is very clear. I mean, both his, him and his mom are fucked up from being in, in a house with his dad. And if anyone can relate to uh, that, yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah it, it's definitely like i mean that's i think every character in this show as mean as they are to someone you always eventually find out why and i think that's why nothing ever feels contrived yep because it always feels like no one is so much of an asshole or so much of a good person that they're you know not immune from making choices that are believable yeah you know because i think when you put someone as a the fixed asshole like there's no room for them to to be anything else but that i think the show really makes it you know layered definitely all right so this is eric's big romantic (laughs) moment while he's playing in swing band (laughs) this musical is also so amazing like oh my god production design like And palm to palm, it's holy palmer's cat. Asexual queen. <laughs> <laughs> I have something to say. What are you doing? <laughs> Get Colin. Colin. <laughs> 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 Eric Effiong. Eric Effiong, I have something to say to you. Uh, Adam, I'm, I'm over here. <laughs> Oh my god, he cannot see. He's ruining my show. Colin. <laughs> Poor Lily. Eric. Oh my god, this keyboard player is so much. Why is he doing this? So exciting. <laughs> Fucking say it already, Jesus. <laughs> oh my god, they would give that line to him. <laughs> what do you want to say? I buy it. I want to hold your hand. <laughs> I love Eric's mom is like, Nigerian moms, they love a theatrical ending. <laughs> Say it again. Okay, see, this is very on brand. Please. Oh, Raheem. I mean, I do feel really bad for him in this moment, as much as I don't think that they're compatible. Yeah. The yeah. boys now like him versus oh, in season yeah. one, they oh hated him. That's so true. They're not real ones. No, not at all. <laughs> Poor Raheem. I'm so, 
That was so great. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you have to pop out for dinner sometime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. At least he goes and ties up Raheem. with Luthan for him, I guess. Raheem, I, I'm sorry. I don't apologize. Oh, oh my god. I can hold your hand, but I'm not sure he can catch you. You can't either. Yeah. I think that might be like one of the last times we see Eric, maybe. It might be the last yeah. time we see him for the season. But I mean, he did have his own doubts about Adam. So I feel like it's almost just like Raheem like spitting them back at him <laughs> right after he's had his triumphant moment. Yeah, I also think, I don't know, Raheem just gives me that guy who thinks he is the only guy for you. Mm. And, um, you know, I don't think he would be able, I think he would dim Eric's light regardless. So Yeah, we should talk uh, about the, the church scene. I think that was the only thing that we were going to talk yeah. about that we forgot to actually yeah. get to. Definitely, um, definitely. Yeah, so that was like, I mean, Raheem was all like, I want to come to church with you. Can I come with you? Ah, uh, you don't want to come to my service I think it would be interesting, unless you don't want me to. No. Yeah, okay, sure. But then, like, apparently had no capacity to be respectful of something he didn't understand. Um, mm -hmm. So you should never have put yourself in that situation, buddy. But, like... <laughs> Exactly. I, just the fact that he would have the audacity to say to a preacher who just welcomed you into their space, like, thanks, but I don't believe in Jesus, or sorry, whatever the fuck he said. I'm just like, keep it to yourself. Like, Jesus is with you. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Jesus is with you. Oh, sorry, I don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> I hope it isn't offended. <laughs> I, I think that conveys that angsty high school. I, I think they do a lot of things right in terms of yeah. like how kids feel about religion. And yeah. I think that like, I don't know, like kids in the 90s, like, I, I feel like, you know, you wouldn't do things that you knew would upset your parents. You would keep it to yourself. Like you knew how to have a time and a place. But I think later millennials and Gen Zs, we don't care. Like if we have our opinions, we have our opinions anywhere we go, regardless. And so that's why I thought like, even though I was like, oh, like what is wrong with you? I'm like, no, that's, that's really how teenage kids are today. Like yeah. they don't have that like sense of like, this is a, something that's bigger than you. It's like, no, I feel this way. I don't care where I'm at. This is how I feel. And so I thought that was pretty realistic. You know, I think teenagers in general today are just really unapologetic. They don't really care. They don't have that sense of, like, we have to respect this anymore, which I, is good to some it's extent. Way, but I yeah. think, you know, I think in this degree, I think you see how it really can, you know, make or break relationship because it's Eric's, you know, boundary that gets threatened. Yeah. And then he says that really condescending shit about how it's cute that his family believes in God. Now it's just like, okay, this is getting anti-black. Let's get out of here. Like, get me out of here. Like, time to go, Raheem. Like, no, no, no. I like your family. They're sweet. What do you mean sweet? <laughs> the way they believe in all that God stuff. They think it's real. I believe in it too. Yeah, but not properly. You pretend to keep the peace, right? No, no, I believe in god for him right 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 Eesh, yeah also when he suggested they died in dash i was like mm -mm, you are sus no no yep <laughs> season three raheem moved to america <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's where we are with eric now at the end of season two and hopefully he'll have a great arc in season three and we can like do a follow-up episode about it but i don't know i i think that there's going to be a lot of 
turbulent times ahead for Eric and Adam. I don't see how there couldn't be. I think it's going to be interesting to see them try to have an actual relationship. Yeah, and if it's not with Eric and Adam, it's going to be with Adam, which will then in turn be with Eric. Because if, if, if there's one thing that's been true the whole entire series is that, you know, Adam's pain is always Eric's consequence, you know? So uh, if anything, battle, we'll just see that get heightened more and more. I would like to see Raheem do some shit to kind of not get back at Eric, but like try to make Eric jealous in some way. I have Eric kind of be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like if he got with Anwar. Mm. Oh, that could be very. I think they are a match made in heaven. Yeah. Personally, I mean, if if Anwar if Anwar isn't with his boyfriend anymore, he was with that um very kind jock who told him he'd help t- teach him how to douche after he like spent that time worried about it. Love that yeah. I don't know. Anwar gives me cheater vibes though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like he's. I, mean, I don't really care what happens to Raheem in a relationship. I'm just saying, yeah. like it would be. I know. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what? He'll be fine. Like, he's, he's, pretty, he's a little snappy. He's pretty boy. He just needs he's to find French. someone he can control. <laughs> I love how yeah. they them being like, he's French. He's French to like describe everything. And I'm like, right, y'all are right, <laughs> right there for y'all. So you actually have like informed opinions. Right yeah, there. no, I think that's a realistic Yeah. Thanks for listening to Leftist Teen Drama. Follow us on social media for updates. Links to our Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and TikTok are in the show notes, along with links to suggested additional reading on the topics discussed. Solidarity forever, free Palestine, and abolish the PIC. Signing off, Maria.